0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 22 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be telling you why and how you should get your garden soil tested. Now, this is a little bit different from my episode on soil pH. This does involve soil pH, but that is nowhere near the end of it. So I'm going to be covering all the things that testing your soil entails, but first a word from today's sponsor. So when you're a beginning gardener, you don't really imagine that there's a whole lot going on in dirt, but it's actually full of microorganisms, fungi, minerals, nutrients, bacteria, arthropods, all these tiny little things that help keep your plants healthy and strong. So it's a lot like your digestive tract. At this point, a lot of us know a lot about our gut microbiome, about how our gut bacteria is really sensitive and how there's a lot to it that kind of has to work hand in hand and get Getting your soil tested is a wide open window into that world that's underneath the surface that you really can't see without a microscope. And having your soil tested is a lot more than just measuring your soil pH. A soil test will tell you what your soil pH is, but it can tell you a whole lot of other things. It can tell you things like the percentage of organic matter in your soil. 5% organic matter is kind of considered ideal, but more than that, obviously, is is going to be even better. That's going to be even more organic matter that's going to slowly break down over time and is going to feed your plants. Soil tests can also tell you what the individual micronutrients are, things like calcium, magnesium, iron, zinc, things that are honestly really hard to provide for your plants unless you are using compost or some other organic fertilizer. You also have levels of ammonium that can be measured. They can measure the level of nitrates, and a soil test can even measure harmful heavy metals like lead or mercury. Those things do end up in the soil. Back in the day, there used to be lead in in house paint. It was really common until the EPA stepped in and said, hey, I don't think this is a great idea. Um, But, you know, people were scraping their houses and repainting them and, and a lot of that lead ended up in the ground. Now, you don't have to do that. And honestly, the most basic level of soil testing isn't going to do that. The basic soil test is going to come back and tell you what your NPK ratio is. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but N stands for nitrogen, P stands for phosphorus, and K stands for potassium. So those are those three elements, symbols on the periodic table, if you remember all the way back to you know middle school or high school science class nitrogen phosphorus and potassium are considered macronutrients those are the nutrients that your plants use the most of i talked about this a little bit in the very last episode n is for nitrogen talking about how nitrogen deficiency can cause plants to grow slowly they have pale or yellow leaves because they're not able to produce enough chlorophyll phosphorus deficiency can stunt a plant's growth both vertically and in terms of its root system and if you remember that Plant Science Basics for Total Beginners, Episode 2 of the podcast, um, you know that a healthy, expansive root system is, is really, really important to a plant's overall health, um, not just its leaves and flowering, but also its ability to produce fruit. Potassium deficiency can be seen as browning or curling leaves, as well as stunted growth and poor fruiting. So those things are also very, very important and very much worth paying the money to have your soil tested. And that gets me to my next point I'm usually all about the DIY approach but when it comes to soil testing honestly even though you can buy kits online that will supposedly do the testing for you, I would rather spend my money and send those soil samples or bring those soil samples into a lab where professionals who know what they're doing can look at my soil under a microscope and tell me exactly what they're seeing there. So that is what I recommend you do. That is what I did myself. And you know, you can just opt to do your basic soil test. Some places will do a basic soil test for you if you only have like one or two beds. They'll do it for free. If you have multiple soil samples that you send in, like I did, I have eight beds and I sent in a soil sample per bed. I paid, I think, $7 for a basic soil sample test for each of those eight beds. So it ended up costing me $56. That might sound like a lot, and you know what? It kind of is, but it also is a lot of information. I was given two to three pages of information per soil sample that I gave them. So I really honestly feel like I got my money's worth. And honestly, you know, sending my soil samples in to be tested every year is not something I plan to do. I probably am only going to be sending my soil in to get tested. I don't know, maybe every three to five years. So over the aggregate, $56 every three to five years is is not a whole lot. So how do you know where to send your soil? Well, you should have places locally that can do it for you. It's not some weird place way off in the middle of nowhere. A lot of us have local extension offices, whether we realize it or not. So in the United States, they have these extension offices in pretty much every county in every state in the United States. And if you don't know where yours is, it's just a simple Google search away. So what I would do is just type in the name of the county you live in, the state you live in, and the words soil testing. And honestly, this will get you uh, two to three clicks away from your local extension office. That extension office's website is going to tell you all you need to know about how to gather your soil samples, where to send them, how much their various soil se- testing you know packages cost. The more you want to find out about your soil, the more expensive each soil test is going to be. So, if you want those micronutrients, things like calcium and magnesium measured, those soil sample tests are going to cost you a little bit more money per test. I think for the basic NPK ratio plus micronutrients, I want to say that was like $15 and then individual more specialized tests like heavy metal testing and things like that were even, you know, more money on top of that. So, your extension office will probably cover this, but it's really really important that you gather good samples. You want samples that are representative of the entire bed, the entire growing area that you are using. For instance, since I, like I said, I have eight beds for each bed sample, I took soil from four to six areas in one bed. So, you know, over eight beds, what is that? Eight times six is like 48 handfuls or scoopfuls of soil. You want to keep those soil samples though really well organized. So what I did is I had a little plastic zip top bag per bed so I had eight plastic baggies and on the first baggie I wrote you know bed one and collected the little scoopfuls from around four to six places in each bed moved on to the next bed wrote bed two got my several you know scoopfuls from all the different areas in the bed and on and on and on but that's not all you also want to make sure that you are providing sample of soil from down where your roots are actually growing this means that for vegetable beds you probably want to be digging down about six to eight inches that's where your vegetable plant roots are going to be and that's where you want to know the most about you know the nutrients and things like that are down there so don't take your soil samples from the top Make sure that you dig down, get about six to eight inches deep in each of those four to six places in the garden bed, and and get your kind of scoop of soil from there. Also, you want to make sure that you dry your samples. So once you get each sample that you want to take in, you want to bring it inside, you want to dump it out. Obviously, keep everything really nice and organized. I have some pictures, some really great pictures of kind of my process on my website, BN Basil. If you just type in um, soil testing, you should come up with my blog post on why and how to have your soil tested I use paper bags and a sharpie and I kind of just like dump my soil out on a counter and I give it about a week to dry out the reason you have to dry it out is because if you send damp soil in a non-breathable container like a plastic baggie or some sort of hard plastic container it's going to mold bacteria is going to grow and by the time it gets to the testing facility stuff is going to be out of control and they're not going to be able to give you like an an accurate view of what your soil is actually like. So that's why you should have your soil tested. That is how to gather your soil samples. Like I said there's even more information in my blog post and I even have an explanation of interpreting soil testing results and I go through and I tell you what I had in in my soil testing results and the steps that I took to um, remediate any issues that my soil testing results had shown for each of my eight beds but that is it for today i feel like i rambled a little bit so if you have questions if this any of this is not clear to you you can actually leave a voice review and leave a question on anchor.fm backslash grow your own food i would absolutely love to hear from you i I am a huge champion of knowing everything you absolutely can about your soil I think it's super important and I think it's definitely worth the money but if you have any questions please reach out to me I would love to answer any of those questions for you thank you so very much for listening in today I really appreciate each and every single one of you and I'll see you in the next episode thanks for listening to the grow your own food podcast Visit BeAndBasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.